0: promotional consideration paid for by the following
1: this episode of wrestling with sports is sponsored by blue chew guys remember the days you were always ready to go now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up blue that's like blue in the color blue blue chew brings you the first chewables With the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day or night, even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and easy, and it's the way to enhance your performance in bed. So why wouldn't you do it? Honestly, guys... Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have any awkward doctor's visits. And especially in the day of COVID, you don't have to be around people, and it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. They're made in the USA, so it's cheap. Blue Chew is direct, and the cheaper option, trust me, go to bluechew.com. Right now, Wrestling with Sports has a deal for you just for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Just use the promo code Dennis and pay $5 shipping. I know you pay $5 for much more. DoorDash, you pay $5.99 for a tip, for God's sakes. So trust me, the $5 is worth it. It helps the show out a lot. Again, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. I promise you you'll love it. I love it. Try it for free. $5 shipping and handling. Use the promo code Dennis. It's time for Wrestling With Sports, the only podcast hosted by two for Major League All-Stars, one four-time Stanley Cup award winner. This week, it's just Jason Kendall and myself. Jason, I've missed you, my friend.
0: Oh, Dennis, it's so good to be back for a little bit. You know what? I've been uh, dealing with some stuff that, uh geez. Everybody has probably, not to say everybody, has dealt with something that I'm dealing with. My mother-in-law has cancer, terminal cancer, and. It's hard mm-hmm. she's um in in home hospice and it's difficult so that's why I've been obviously you know Dennis but I wanted to let the um, you know the listeners know that that's I've been kind of well, that's why I've been gone to be honest with you yeah. and um, it's it's very difficult she is still alive it's a uh, it's an hour by hour right now but I definitely needed to get on with you know we we're gonna have all four tonight but and, and two nights ago we were as well. But I just, I I couldn't make it because, um, you know, I was needed. And so I definitely wanted to get on air, even if it's just me and you or you and I to be (laughs) just talk, Uh, just to, just to talk and and let the fans know that I am still here and uh, and I'm going through some difficult times and um, you know what, it's just one of those things that happens to everybody and it's, it's, it's tough, but. It is what it is, and you, and you got to keep powering through it.
1: Yep, and you know, we were going to have a guest, and you and I decided, you know, it's been a while, because let's be honest, we're the OGs. We are the originals, you oh, and I. That's right. And we said, you know what, screw a guest tonight. Let's just let's just sit down, go old school. You and I just talk about a few things, entertain ourselves. You know what? screw the fans tonight. We're just entertaining ourselves.
0: And that's exactly what I want to. And I'll be honest with you, fans-wise, uh, I haven't – I don't think I've listened to one of our episodes. <laughs> I enjoy I this that much. <laughs> so uh, it's like, when I say that I'm being 1000% completely. So neither of the fans, ir- so. <laughs> Yeah, well, it irked me to uh, know that, you know, uh, D Dennis and, um, Dimitri were doing a show without me and, you know, a couple of them and, you know, and obviously we text message in between and, uh, you know I'm sitting there and I'm going, damn, damn, oh, this is awful. I still didn't listen to their show just to let you guys know. But um, anyhow, it's good to be back. It's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. And uh, let's let's get it on. I got about 45 minutes before I got to go.
1: Yes, before your next shift starts. There, mm-hmm. listen. It's been a crazy week in both wrestling and sports. We're going to kind of weave in and out and just talk because let's we're going to be 100 percent honest you've been completely unplugged from everything you've been just doing family stuff so uh, a lot of this well let me let me be more straight about this i've
0: been completely uh, unplugged um my wife is korean doesn't speak um korean speaks great english uh a uh, military brat um her mother my mother in law is um is korean and speaks broken english to where you can understand and um, just the sweetest person that you'll ever meet. But f- for whatever reason, and I don't know is she started speaking nothing but Korean over the last five, four or five days. So we're trying to lose use Google translate, which is really difficult because, you know, obviously you got to the beeps and anyhow, to make a long story short is we've been watching Korean soap operas. We've been watching Korean uh, TV and, you know, obviously I'll pop on some news or some wrestling or whatever, when she's sleeping, but uh, for the most part, I have been completely outside of this world on what is going on in your current events.
1: Does she even think Korean baseball is trash? <laughs> it, it- you know
0: what? I will time out. You know what? I will say this the one thing that when I wrote my book, is, and I still have about three or four, is for whatever reason, the Korean um, baseball league, or whatever, bought a bunch of them. I have about five books. That are written in Korea uh, in Korean, and you know she obviously it worked out good because I was able to sign some books to her so she can give to her friends, and um, but that all being said is, um, I hadn't even read the book, and nor will I ever even think about reading the book in <laughs> Korean because I don't know it, but I might know it better than English now. But anyhow, so um, no she would never even think about reading it. She thinks she still thinks to this day that I played basketball and every time she would go and get chemo, she would say, she would always say like, you know, my, my son-in-law, he's a good basketball player at one point, at one time and my wife would sit there and say like, well, no, he he played baseball. So she thinks I played basketball. I have a book in Korean and she's never read it and she passed it along and blah, blah, blah. So let's talk about sports. Kind of a funny story though.
1: I will tell you this in the, in the, Art of talking about humor in dark situations like you're going through. My mother went through the same thing. And uh, we have a very warped sense of humor in the feral household. We were at my mom's funeral. She finally passed. Like, they gave her four days in hospice. She lasted three weeks. And we're just like. Mm,
0: Sounds very, very familiar.
1: (laughs) She's like, we're just like, wow. Just go.
0: That means they're, they're strong, strong, strong women. And I, I tell my mother-in-law every day, like, you are the strongest woman ever. I mean, it's it's really, it's a, it's a mind thing that I'm, this is all new for me. And I'm telling you what, when I see that strength, and that's what your mother, strong, strong person, because this was not, she wasn't supposed to be around right now and still is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, but I mean, that's a, that's a sign of a very, very strong woman.
1: My mom was a four foot 11 Italian woman from Boston that, that smoked. So she sounded like a. The, the twin sisters on the Simpsons, hey, hey what's going on? <laughs> you pack the cab, mother the yacht, you know? And uh, so she finally passes. We're, at this point, we're not so much sad, but just like, all right, it's over. We can all move it's on. It's draining. It's draining. It is. We're at the funeral, and I will always remember this. We had these little finger foods at the funeral, and me and my dad standing there, and someone comes up and picks up the finger food, and her name's Elaine, my mom. And he says, "Like, wow, these are amazing." And my dad goes, "Yeah, we made Elaine make those before she died."
0: That is actually well, you know what? <laughs> and, and that is actually really funny. That's uh, that's we've had those moments as well. As I'm assuming everybody else who was dealing with something similar has had those moments as well. This morning, um, I'm trying to do. Um, my wife's taking a shower, and she's in the, trying to get like the hour that she has out of the day, and. I do Google Translate, and I'm and she, she's in the wheelchair, and I go, "Do you want to go to bed?" And, and my my mother-in-law is so funny. She looked at me like, "What?" She, I think she thought I was like propositioning her. <laughs> like that. And I go, "No, Hami, do you want to go to sleep now?" We call her Hami. Her name is an um, Inson, and uh, anyhow, we've had those moments, and I think that everybody that has that is probably delirious because of sleep and stuff has those moments. And uh, yes, I, those, trust me, those have popped up a bunch of times. So yep. the fact that you guys just said that, and <laughs> you know what, I guarantee she would want her to make that stuff before she passed away too. Yep. I
1: guarantee you. Absolutely. And I, I think we bring this up to say, whether you've been in this situation or you may be one day, sometimes it's okay to laugh in a dark situation and just, you know what, there are just moments that you just can't help but giggle at and go, only you. And yep, it's okay. Very true. Very true. So let's, very true. let's talk a little bit of uh, wrestling and sports. We'll, we talked about it on the last episode. We were all kind of sad you were not there to jump in about the Fernando Tatis Jr. incident. Uh, to recap, if you haven't heard, basically. Coach, I did hear this. The coach tells him to, to you know take the ball. He doesn't listen. Swings on the 3-0 pitch. Grand slam even though they were up by like seven runs or something like that. Dennis, we got to get better with your, um, your baseball lingo, take the pitch and there's a
0: sign to take it three and oh, and listen, I have two takes on this and I think my first take, I won't go with the catcher take, but I I will. So I'll never forget this when I was in spring training and I don't even know what it was in the late nineties, 96, 97 round USA today came out with a poll so the 10 hardest things to, and it's still out on the internet, the 10 hardest things to do in all of sports. And they did the whole scientific behind it and blah, 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 blah. And hitting a baseball was number one, mm-hmm. number one. So anybody who's listening, you can go and Google it. And I believe, I'm not sure, that number two was race car driving. And if you, if you really, really dig deep and think about it, it right. Yeah. Very correct. But hitting a baseball was number one. I, myself, I try – I I will say this. I hit one home run on 3-0, and it was probably the furthest ball I've ever hit. But then I, I, I'll never forget. I was in candlestick, and and um, I had a 3-0. It was a big part of the, the big situation of the game, and I had a 3-0 swing away, and I ended up popping up, and ended up, we ended up losing the game. And So I didn't like swinging on 3-0 after that after that one time, because I was a contact hitter. I knew I was going to, if I was geared in my mind to swing, I was going to hit the ball. I mean, I, I wasn't like Demetri young. I wasn't like, you know, some of these big power hitters who hit a lot of home runs, but swung and missed a lot. And that's why I wish Demetri was on. And I, I wish I could have been on before mm-hmm. because I, 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 cause I already know what he said.
1: Oh yeah. Um, it, it's I don't even exactly- have to
0: listen to anything, but hitting a baseball is the hardest thing in the world. If you swing three, and zero. Go If you get the green light and – listen, half the signs that are given now by the, the – there's two signs. It's so easy. The third base coach sits there and does all this stuff with his hat, blah, blah. There's nothing. There's two signs that you're going to give. One is a bunt. Every player should know when they're going to have to bunt. Half the players don't even look down at the third base coach. Number two is maybe hit and run, which nowadays – I say nowadays, but when I play – you would probably go – you might have 30 to 40 hit and runs a year. And I'm talking about a whole year with everybody on your roster. Now, nowadays baseball, guys don't even try to get guys over with in the 10th inning now when there's already a runner on second base. It's ridiculous. I would say maybe there's 10 hit and runs. And I, I'm, I'm just throwing out numbers, and I, I don't know the percentages. I don't care. Some guys will – you know that have the green light will run and guys will swing and so that's not a hit and run. A hit and run is a plant. You know something right. that you get from the sign. These signs, these players get they're so good they get to the point to where they don't even look down, and they're making a lot of money, and the coach is not making a lot of money. So I did, did see this whole thing for him to swing three zero is he's a young kid, but what's going to happen three one? The big thing in baseball is five runs or more is where you're supposed to kind of do the unwritten rule things. Mm -hmm. What bothers me more than anything is guys trying to steal when they're up by six or seven runs because all they're trying to do is pad their stats. And if a guy like Ichiro was the master at it, he'd get on first base and then they're blowing blowing us out or whatever, he'd just run and take off. Well, I wouldn't move. But if the second baseman or shortstop move – it's considered a stolen base. If I even try to get up and try to throw, it's considered a stolen base. So even if I just catch the ball, and but if the middle infield moves, it's considered a stolen base. Oh. Now that goes on your stats at the end of the year. So therefore, that say you're trying to get 20 stolen bases, just for an example. And that one, 19, you're going to go standing up because you're, you're beating them and they're already not throwing through. And it should be indifference, and he doesn't get a stolen base. If it's a ten to nothing game, and a, the, the 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 losing team or whatever is on first base, and yeah, you go ahead. The first base and not even hold them on. But if anybody moves towards the direction of second base, where the catcher gets up and tries to, pop, it's
1: those are the stats of baseball. Were you guys trained like all right? Each row is going to try to do this job. No,
0: but no, and so, but I would say something to them. So I okay. guess getting back to the whole Tatis thing is. And I'll never forget. I was in a situation like this, but it, our backup catcher was pitching, and um, <laughs> Philadelphia David uh, is a Howard. True. Howard, the first baseman MVP was, up, and he goes, and it was three O bases loaded. Ryan Howard. It's a long, uh, yeah, Ryan Howard. I'm sorry, and he goes, "Hey, you care if I swing?" I go, "Dude, the other catchers." So he asked you pitching, yeah, and I said, "I don't care."
1: Oh, that's, well, that's kind of respect.
0: Boom! Hits a grand slam. I'm sure that in all of this nonsense that's going on, the Pirates and Phillies' names are in there somewhere. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But yeah, he goes, uh, hey, you care if I swing? I go, dude, just get the game over with. Because it was probably like 15. I don't even know what the score was. I think it was a lot to a little. I go, I don't care. Just get the game over. Just roll over into it. And that was the conversation we had. Boom, home run. But Ryan Howard was, you know, so now that all being said now, if it was a different situation, that game was blown out and we had a position player pitching. I would never let guys, the one thing that I always took pride in is guys that take these big hacks and they fall over the plate and, they, and they're and they like, whoa, I, the next pitch, I'm throwing it underneath there. I'm making them uncomfortable. The problem with today's game is everybody's too comfortable. Everybody is bumping the bat on the catcher shin guards and they're laughing and talking uh, um, during the field after a base hit or after an air. That's the game today. That's not my problem. That's why I bet the manager for the Rangers, who I couldn't even tell you who the manager for the Rangers is. I couldn't even tell you who the manager for the Padres is. The only reason I know there's those two teams is because you saw it on um, – sports center or whatever (laughs) when I was taking my out with the Korean uh, soap operas
1: so here's here's where I I'm with you but at the same time I want to disagree with you is the fact that 3-0 swing away you know you don't want to hit a home run don't throw him that pitch at the same time whether your manager never cleared it past single-A ball or whatever, he's still your manager. And if they throw the take sign on, you should still at least respect I will
0: – no, timeout. And I get what you're saying, but I'll promise you, in a game like that, there is not a shot in hell that Fernando Tatis Jr. looked down at the third-base coach, who I'm assuming is still probably Hoffman, and looked at the sign. And if Hoffman gave the sign, yeah. Is it without a doubt? But I'm going to tell you what, hitting a baseball is so difficult and after that four-seamer, that three zero four four-seamer that is right down the middle because it has to be, you don't know if the next one's going to be a two-seamer, which mm-hmm. the hardest ball to hit in baseball is something moving. It's even harder to hit a two-seamer, which is moving in or out or a cutter with similar velocity to your four-seam fastball. Your four-seam fastball is every pitcher's best pitch. They can locate it, and it's going to be the hardest. So after that three zero pitch – Swing a, I mean, swing away at three zero. If, if you get, I mean, if you green light, red light, it doesn't matter because you don't know what that three one pitch is going to come. I'm all for the three zero swinging, and I don't care. But now, I guess getting back to what I was saying, five runs is what it used to be to get. You know, okay, the unwritten rules kind of kick in. It was seven runs, I believe, if I'm right, dude. Seven runs in this game today is nothing. And I'm going to give you an example today. So, when I was with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I believe this is on YouTube, it we were playing the Houston Astros, and it was the first game of a doubleheader. We were down seven runs with two outs left. This is probably back in 2002 or 2003. Mm-hmm. Two two outs. I'm no. I mean, there were two outs, and there's two strikes in the hitter. We ended up scoring eight runs to hit. Uh, uh, Brian Giles had a game, uh, grand slam to win the game. So seven runs to me in this game now, that's this was back then, now is nothing. Now, maybe 10, 11, 12 runs, okay, then the unwritten rules can start in. But everybody was always saying when you went to Coors, you know, five runs, five runs is nothing in Coors Field. Eight runs is nothing in Coors Field. 10 runs. So when someone's stealing a base and it's 6 to nothing in the fourth inning or fifth inning or sixth inning, steal the base. Because I'm going to tell you what, this game can change in two seconds, especially with all the power that is in this game now. So I have no problem with Ortiz Jr. The fact that he had to apologize makes me sick uh, to yep. my stomach. I and agree. their manager, who I don't even know who the hell he is, should be embarrassed to be a big league manager for making him do that. If that's well, it has to be the manager. Yeah, and I,
1: why would you? Uh,
0: if, and I, if I was the manager for the Rangers, in that I've never been to that ballpark, I don't know how uh, friendly. Really I, but I know that the Texas Rangers have a pretty big bopping lineup, mm-hmm. and they can um, get back into a game in two seconds. So both those managers show how little they really do know about the game. And what's funny about it is they've gotten so much publicity about this. And listen, people don't know this. The Texas Rangers manager, or um, his buddy is with the Padres manager, and the Padres manager was with the Rangers and the bench coach the last four months of the season last year, I believe. The Padres manager is a Rangers person. He's a Ranger. He came up. So these are two guys that have no idea what's going on. And that's my take on the whole thing. But now as a catcher. I would never get to a, let it get to a situation like that. If I had one of my relievers coming in and guys were swinging and falling all over the plate and swinging 3-0, yeah, I'd probably throw something up and in to make him uncomfortable to where it would never even get to. If you had a 3-0 count and you swing, the next dude's going to get hit. So I guess that's why when I say I had two takes, I'm pro taught, It's hard to hit. and a grand slam, I have one in my career, and I have a bunch of at-bats. One, it's hard to hit a baseball coming in at 98 miles an hour. It's how, difficult.
1: How does the manager go in the clubhouse the next day after doing that and look those players in the eyes? I mean, he, he's He's, lost he's team, right? a puppet. He is a puppet by the general manager, the owner,
0: blah, 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 blah. And he's also trying to protect the other team because that's where he came from. And the general manager from the San Diego Padres, guess where he came from?
1: The Texas Rangers. Ah, boy, that's, yeah, I'm glad that I got your take on this because it, it bugged me. And then the more I looked at it, the more I went, all right, you, you had two wrongs here. If, it, it, you know, it, it's on the player, his responsibility to always look at the coach, right? I, on the third base side, third base coach when you're batting for the signs. It's on that player, right?
0: It, a thousand percent it is, and you should. But, I mean, I being in the front office and watching in certain situations, Obviously, like a hit and run situation or a bunt situation, and depending on the personnel that is at the plate, depending on the personnel who's on the mound.
1: Let me ask you certain, this. Go ahead. How have you ever got a sign from a third base coach and ignored it? Myself, no. And would you have jumped? But out
0: I also of- would never, like, depending like, the, the one thing that players today don't, the scoreboard dictates everything, it's there, it's big you wouldn't be surprised on how many players Well, all rely on the scoreboard. And I say this in, we had a, I was in Pittsburgh. We had a old, I don't know if it was a Negro league game or uh, it was an old game. They turned off everything, no scoreboard. No, you could hear the uh, broadcaster announcing from the booth. You would be surprised at how many heads kept turning around to the scoreboard, everybody from the outs to the count to the blah, 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 blah. Should you know it at that level? Absolutely. And right. this is coming from a catcher. I should know it, but I mean, there's a couple times throughout my career where I forgot how many strikes there were, or how many because I was so locked in on what I was trying to do. But when you turn that off, that scoreboard off, it's a debacle. Listen, baseball players are not the brightest. They're the un- most unbelievable athletes ever. They're not the brightest. So, when you turn something like but the scoreboard dictates everything is my whole point and you should know like i have been in situations where i'm like 3 and 0 and i might be the tying and run and the bases are loaded and the third base coach has given me a take but i already know i'm taking i'm not swing i'm not even going to swing this one but i'm not swinging the next one if this guy's 3 and 0 on me i'm going to Let's see if he can throw me three strikes before he can throw me four balls. Is my thought process already because the scoreboard already dictates it
1: and the game, the situation of the game dictates it. Yeah, but as a, here's, I guess where I'm going with this, right? As a leader, you were a leader on a team. On many teams, you were a leader. And you see this same exact scenario play out. Minus the making the guy apologize, which we all know that's Bush League. But it's it's not but the player let's, it's bush
0: league absolutely it's two managers that don't have any idea what they're doing that's what it is right but and,
1: but even let's and, say and, even and if, two
0: managers who have never been at tatis juniors um level
1: still your leader on the team and whether it's a bush league manager or jim leland either way they're the manager they're the leader of the ship So you see a player, whether he did it on purpose or not, I'm not. Dennis,
0: I'm going to stop you right here because I'll guarantee you the third base coach didn't even give a sign. I'll promise you that. It's an all made-up story. They probably thought, okay, he knows not to do it. Well, no, he doesn't know not to do it. He's a 22-year-old kid. Yes, I get it. He grew up in the game. His father, who I played against, was a good player. And should he know that? Absolutely. But, dude, I'm not taking a – 3-0 fastball when I got runners out there and I'm going to – I got stakes on the frick. I'm whacking. I am whacking. Now, Should I look down? Yeah, you should look down. But at a game that's kind of already out, so they say, out of whatever, no. Dude, you never know. So I'll guarantee the third-base coach never even gave a sign. I'd be surprised if somebody had a video of it giving a sign. And number two, it's all easy – to say, to make excuses when the media is in front of you because, oh, it's my, how about, you know what? My third base coach, I, I, the game was, I didn't even know. If this is the direction you're going to go in, how about, you know what? I didn't even give him a sign because I just thought that he knew. And it's my fault for not doing that. Boom. Instead of making this whole uh, uh, media hoopla bullshit, excuse my language, I sh- I should not curse. But, you're, but you're, that's what you're, this is, is. This is right now. It, it's it's a it's two guys that had never really played. Well, uh, the, the Rangers guy never even played against higher than a ball. I don't believe. I know he never got to the big leagues. The uh, that's the Padres guy. I'm sorry, the Rangers guy. I, I know that he was a utility guy. They've never been in the situation. This guy, Fernando Tatis Jr., is right next to Soto from the Nationals. He's that. Good. He's the Bryce Harper. He's the Mike Trout. He's that good. And I'll guarantee you, and everybody saw it on ESPN or whatever MLB channel, that Eric Cosmer was talking to him. And I'll guarantee you what Eric Cosmer said was like, dude, it looks bad, but who cares? It's three and zero. bases are juiced. Get your stakes. get your ribby, swing the damn bat. Now the two minor league managers are going like, well i just didn't think it was right and it's even funnier that they have masks on so anybody can be tommy tough guy when you have a mask on and well you know what take the mask off and so the tvs can see what you're saying as opposed to and then the next pitch going if i'm machado this is where i got pissed off if i'm machado and i know machado has a bunch of different things that went on. People don't like him. They hate him. And I thought that what he did when he was with Baltimore was awful. And I, once again, somebody there didn't step up because the game's too nice right now. And I'm not saying fight, 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 fight. But if I was Machado, I'd have gone out and I torn that whoever the hell the pitcher was, I'd have torn his head off. Actually, I wouldn't even gone to the pitcher. I would have gone because the guy in the mask that was talking, I would have gone to their dugout and just, and try to do get at least one good punching on there because he was the one that was talking. And Machado didn't do anything. And I know that's unwritten rules, old school thing is, you know, you hit the next guy or I was always big on, you know what? Just wait until he comes again. And if it's three months down the road, we'll do it three months down the road. He won't forget. That's the type of when I was catching, that's what I would do. I wouldn't, well, why is the guy behind him got to get hit or some 98 mile an hour fastball behind his head? Just wait, because it will come again when you play again. And you just don't forget, and that's when you get them. But the whole thing was a debacle. Tatis, outstanding way to swing it, freaking four RBIs, another run scored, awesome.
1: I guess. I guess ultimately, my question to you is: Have you ever witnessed a player in your time blow off a sign, and then you had to take him aside? Yeah, but nothing like this. Not nothing like this. Like
0: maybe. um it would be more than like the situations of the game. Like, dude, how do you miss a hit and run? They're very easy. Listen, these signs. How do you? Um, uh, 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 this the little things. Nothing ever like. Oh, I just went. Now, if you swing three zero and you're down ten to three or whatever the heck the score was, and you're on the you're on the losing side, and you three zero and you pop it with first baseman, that's dumb. That's stupid because you're trying to get your team back in the game. It's just like if a guy gets a double, hits a double in the fifth inning in a zero-zero tie to lead off the inning, and the next hitter is trying to hit a home run and, and foul balls up. At least give me an effort to try to get the guy over. You can, you know, you have to swing it. You don't feel for it, but give me an effort. This is where the players are stronger now than the um, managers. And the managers, not all of them, not all of them, without a doubt, and not all the coaches either. This is where the players have, because they're making more money than they, the coaches are, they have more say in everything. But it's coming from the top and it's filtered into the bottom and the, the front office is telling the manager what to say. It's, it's not good for the game right now. I mean, it really, really isn't.
1: Have you ever been forced to make a fake apology? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think you have, but I wanted to hear it from your mouth because, uh, essentially, let's be honest. Frito, My wife, <laughs> yes, a
0: thousand one million thousand percent, without a doubt. Like I'm, I know I'm right, and and she's like, no, 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 and I'm like, baby, I'm sorry, I love you, without a
1: doubt. So yes, I have. All right, but not in baseball. You have not in been baseball. Out. No, have you ever been pressured to? Because let's be honest. Fernando no, did not mean there, that apology. Because nobody would
0: ever try to pressure me to do something that I didn't want to do when I played.
1: I'm actually a really nice guy, though, Dennis. You are. Absol- you know what? I can't even make fun of you about that because you absolutely are. But I, you, you cannot tell me Fernando meant 5% of that apology. He probably was like – Ah, if so I was sorry. Fernando
0: Tatis's dad who played in the big leagues and actually had has one of the greatest stats ever, I think he two grand, grand slams in, one, in inning. one inning.
1: Yep, yeah, for the Cardinals. Which is
0: unbelievable. That'll never be done again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was done before him, but I don't
1: think it was. I don't think so.
0: Either. I know it was in Dodger Stadium. That all being said is, if I was his dad, I'd be like, dude, you tell. But at the same time, guess what? Fernando Tatis Jr. is not under contract for the next five years. Although... I'll be honest with you, man. That's, this dude is good. And right. if the Padres don't sign him right now, there's 29 other teams that would. But I'll guarantee you, that is a fake apology. He didn't mean one bit of it. And what he was really trying to say, and I'm going to try not to curse, was, hey, Rangers manager and Padres manager, my manager, why don't you go and um, eat manure?
1: I agree with that, actually, 100%. And then, here's the other question. When you were talking, it popped in my mind, and you, you were talking about how this game is too nice. Do you blame your generation of baseball players for that? No. If, if, if you want to
0: blame anything, and it will be...
1: Who, who do you blame, then?
0: How did this happen? The money. It's the money. And once again, I think I, I've said this over, I'm dumb, but I'm not stupid. If someone's going to offer me $60 million, I'm going to say, yes. Yeah, me too. But without a doubt, anybody in this world, bucks, really. do I think it's absolutely asinine and ridiculous? Oh my gosh. Yes. My dad made more as a bullpen coach than he ever did as a player. But those are the guys that fought for the players today. So it's, it's an ego thing and. in, what really stinks now that I've been out of the game for a year and a half is, and I have a lot of friends in baseball, and I have a lot of friends that are managers, GMs, owners, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's an ego thing. And, but that I'll be inside. It's like some of these coaches, some of these managers, they they will never make half of what these players make. And I'll guarantee And I'll give you an example. So if I was um, the manager for the Padres is, rookie I believe he's a first year I could even tell you his name I'll guarantee you he probably signed a two or three year deal worth $900,000 the minimum for one of his players a rookie is about five almost $600,000 so I mean if that's not enough to say what like I mean these guys going there's not a lot of Listen, there's old school, there's new school, and you got to let the new school take over. It's a new generation, but there also should be some of that old school in them if you want to win. If you don't want to win, just go ahead and bat flip and do any and everything you got because you know what? There's not going to be any catchers or anybody on the other side that's going to do anything about it. Look at all the brawls. All the brawls are what a bench is clear. Everybody's pushing in Javi now now I will say this if you go out if someone charges like you know Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper has the most utmost respect ever now. And I'm trying to think of because he went out and actually did something about it and didn't let somebody uh and I'm trying to think of the last but no Arenado when he was in San Diego I maybe two years ago. Nobody's gonna mess with Aaron because you know what? Somebody will actually go out and do it because they're actually really pissed off. They're actually pissed off because you threw it at them. Because you threw it them. Why? Because, you know, if I was Manny Machado, Manny Machado could have made a complete, unbelievable turnaround name for himself the other night if he'd have went and beat the crap out of that pitcher. <laughs> uh,
1: look, I I agree. But where did the money start? I, I almost would say maybe your generation of baseball players were the real big No, money. Uh,
0: Wayne Garland was the first million-dollar player. And he was one of my pitching coaches in and double A. So this was yeah, probably but, but in- we're
1: talking big money. We're not talking Gary Templeton. We're not talking Well, you
0: asked where it started.
1: Right. But Dennis? What, what would it be? Uh what not not uh not Brown.
0: When I broke into the big leagues, I made a hundred and nine thousand dollars. It's up to six hundred thousand dollars now.
1: Okay. And what was your just to give
0: the the um the listeners a kind of where it's gone.
1: What was your first big contract? If you, I, I mean, it's probably public record. I signed a
0: four-year, seven-point-two-million-dollar contract, um, and that the union was—that was it. So furious at me! It's my third, second, because I'm like seven million dollars. Right, I want to, I want to play, I want to play ball. Seven million. Now everybody knows me as the, you know, the the highest-paid contract still to today with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which was six years, 60 million. But I signed a $7.2 million contract for four years. That's it. That's it. Oh, the union yelled at my agent. They yelled at me and I gave them the the middle. And I said, you know what? That's a lot of money because you don't know. And you know what's funny is during that contract is when I snapped my ankle and everybody thought my career was over with, but I had money in the bank. I didn't sign my big contract until the year after, which was I had a good year and they signed me to a long-term deal. I believe in 1999 or 2000. I can't even remember. I think it was 2000. Cause
1: let's be honest with you are considered one of the greatest hitting catchers in baseball history, whether you want to admit it or not, you're very humble. If you've listened to the show, if you were playing today, you're easily a ninety million dollar catcher.
0: Oh, so I thought I could have been one then. The Chicago White Sox from, from just obviously agents are a lot of them are full of crap, but the White Sox wanted me to at the end of the offseason before I signed with the Pirates, they wanted me they wanted me. And they told my agent, quote unquote, supposedly, that they would give me a hundred million dollars for uh like eight, nine years. And this is when you had Piazza, Rodriguez, uh, and I says, no, I'm staying in Pittsburgh. I go, I'm thinking myself, like, 60, and I'll never forget. My agent was like, let's try to get 70. And I'm like, dude, what's, what's the difference between 60 and 70? Yes, I get it. It's $10 million. I get it. But, but at that point. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I, I want to sign. I want to be here. I want to win here. Now, obviously, it didn't work out that way for me and for the um, you know the city of Pittsburgh, but that's, that's where my mind was. So-, so Listen, to- it, would have, it could have now JT real Muto right now, just to kind of give you now, because it's higher, 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 he can do whatever he wants. And I'm telling you what I would, if I was him, I would just, but JT, if you're listening, to wrestling with sports, dude, go wherever the Yankees will pay you. I'll guarantee you get what you can get, but the Phillies are probably
1: going to pay him too. Let's cause let's be honest here. When you left Pittsburgh unceremoniously, you had a bad rap and listening to this story right now, I almost feel like you don't deserve that because at at the same time, you could have fleeced that team for millions and millions more dollars if you wanted to. And I think at that point they would have paid to a certain point. Maybe, maybe you could have gotten 20 more. Maybe you couldn't, but to hear a baseball player say, but what's the difference? I was happy making X amount of money. At your $7 million contract, you probably could have made $40 million at that point. It Wow.
0: Well, and this is stuff that nobody's nobody right. ever knows. And listen, once again, I have zero regrets. I could have totally been that guy that went into a bigger market. The only team that I do know for a fact is the White Sox. At the time, before I signed my contract, we we're we're, wanted to pay any and everything. And you know what? It never happened. And that's fine. I have no problems with. It. And I was the 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 jerk everywhere I went. So it's not a big deal to me. I, I'm not. Trust me. I don't lose sleep over it at all. So that's where people get too involved in what they hear than what the actual truth is. So it's actually cool to do the show because I can actually say some of the things that. Yeah, I, I, I know I, the only reason I know I get bashed is because people will shoot me text messages here or text messages there or send me articles here or there from a long time ago. I never read any of that stuff. So I didn't really care what anybody, anybody that says something, I'm not looking at it anyhow, but that's why it's cool to do this. Because hopefully if somebody is out there listening and being like, Hey, dude's not a bad dude.
1: Cause I will say this. I am part of a lot of Pittsburgh uh, fan pages that we, you know, I, I watch and listen and all that stuff. And a lot of times when your name is brought up, people are like, oh, he's a jerk or he's a D-head or all that stuff. And I kind of go, well, let's think about this now. Because he had a straightforward, I want to win, I'm not going to take any BS from anybody attitude. That makes him a a bad guy. You know, I would rather have (laughs) that guy. You know
0: what, But, but Dennis, and listen, that's the city of Pittsburgh. It is such a hard place to play. Football, baseball, hockey. And they want to win. And that's that's the city of Pittsburgh. Now, yes, people are going to say stuff on the Internet because that's the world we live in now. But who cares? I mean, if you're really worried, it just bothers me when people are like, oh, I can't believe this guy said this thing about me. And, da, da, da. Dude, don't look at it. You're in the spotlight. You are under the spotlight. And if you have a bad game, someone's going to say something bad about you. If you have a great game, someone's going to say something good about you. But and, and what do they call them? This is, I'm so computer dumb. It's not even, were they uh, trolls? Is that yep. what yep. it is? Or yep. Okay, so yep. a trolls or a troll, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So, why even read it? Because if somebody has enough time to, you're making a crap load of money and somebody is probably not making that much. Hopefully they're working and, and making some money for them wearing masks. And <laughs> why even read it? Because all I could do if you're mentally soft is wear you down.
1: And you're not. And I, and I say that because, A, you're my friend. We're, we're friends. And, Absolutely. And I, growing up, I never viewed you because you were playing. You're a couple of years older. I was a fan at that time as a, a troublemaker in baseball. But it's funny to see how Pittsburgh fans view you Versus the rest of baseball sometimes. And and it sucks too, because I know how much you love that city. Well, I I think, I I think a lot of
0: uh, people in Pittsburgh view me that way is because I didn't bring a championship there, which I wanted to, obviously. I still, which is really crazy, am the highest contract in that organization so who are you going to beat down i didn't hit home runs that wasn't the player that i was so and you know what if i'm going to be the one that beat down go ahead and beat me down i have no problem like it because i'm not even seeing it i'm but i mean i, I lived it mm-hmm. i lived it when i was there and there's a lot of certain things that i went through but see I, I didn't care i wanted to play the game of baseball i did i got paid in pittsburgh Philadelphia, you get paid. You don't bring a championship to that city. They're going to be all over you, and you have to accept that. And that's why, oh, Boston, New York, and I've said this numerous times on the show, is people say Boston and New York. Or something. If you can play in Pennsylvania, you can play anywhere.
1: Now, maybe this isn't a fair statement. You look at the history of catchers, and there have been hitting catchers here and there sporadically through the history. You you have your Carlton Fisks, you have your Johnny Bench, who was kind of a hitting catcher. You you have your hitting catchers here and there. I feel like your generation, Jason Kendall, Mike Piazza, Von Rodriguez, might have been that first group of catchers that revolutionized the catching position into a power contact hitting position at the same time. You, we you,
0: changed it. We we absolutely changed it. You just said the Hall of Famers, uh, Piazza and um, Rodriguez, you look at Osmonds. you look at Like you can go down that. It, 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 it's a more athletic position than what people think. And it goes back to the Bad News Bears. Everybody thinks Engelberg, Snickers in your back, back pocket. It's not. It is the, I hate saying this because it's it is the quarterback of the baseball team. And
1: well, yeah, because you, you have to know your pitchers. Do you look at it now,
0: which is really sad, is you can hit 210. There's no catching anywhere in the big leagues, in the minor leagues. You can go hit 210. If you can call a game and throw some guys out, you're going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's sad because I was sick to my stomach my last four years when I did not have a three in front of my average when I looked up at the scoreboard because every player does it. It was, I, it was sickening to me because I knew how good I was. Now, at the time, I was older. I had injuries, but I was still going out there and, and doing any and everything I could to help the team win. But if I'm not hitting 300, i I'm not a good player in my own mind. Then I'm obviously, just like a lot of players, worse critics on themselves.
1: Right. Well, Jason, uh, we had a whole different show playing, but we just spent 45 minutes talking about this. Yeesh i'm well
0: you know what i'm glad that i got to number one talk to you and hang out um but number two i'm glad i got to 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 do the tatis thing because i know i really really wanted to do that and i wanted to hear obviously i knew kind of knew dimitri's side um i wanted to hear how the hockey stuff went and that could be another show but is um how was Mac? was Mac a little was he right there
1: he Mac is good you know what here's and we made fun of you on the last show. So as far I'm, no, as
0: far as the hockey stuff, I don't care if you made fun of me or not. I'm no, talking no, about the no,
1: hockey no, team. no, no. Hang on, hang on. This is what I'm saying. We made fun of you on the last show, but I'm flipping it on this show to say, DMac is great, but he is he's like a mini Jason Kindle sometimes. He 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 wants to interrupt so bad. He's like that little yappy dog, and God bless him, I love him to death. And I, he, Dennis,
0: I was just talking about the unwritten rules of hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm Listen, if all four of us run, you know damn well I'm going to be the one who interrupts and is going to win to where I can get my point across.
1: <laughs> Alpha dog. Yes, uh, he he talked about their unwritten rules. I don't think there's nearly as much unwritten rules in hockey. A lot of it goes back to like don't spray the goalie uh, in the warmups. Don't cross the red line into the neutral zone. When they blow the whistle, don't shoot the puck on the goalie. Uh, the the one that was interesting was he was talking about fighting in hockey. And he said, you can go up a skill level. If you're a fighter, you should fight a fighter. If you are a superstar skill player, you can fight a fighter, but the fighter can't pick a fight with you. He can't go down a skill class to fight you. Does that, that make sense?
0: Actually, that's, I would have loved... I've always said that I would have loved to, if I could skate to been an enforcer in, um, hockey or you know, it was, right. me and my kids watched the goon the other day. Nice. But I love it. I would have loved, but I can't skate at all. And I, I think I've tried it twice and obviously it was not I mean, good outcome, but I would have loved to been a goon or an enforcer like D Mac in hockey. And I have so many questions to ask him when, um, when we get to the all four of us together. can get together and just BS like you and I did right here.
1: Yes. And listen, guys, thank you so much. And Jason, we we do miss you. And we know that when you've got time and we're all together, you'll be here. And until then, you know, we're all a text away if you need us.
0: Just wanted to let the fans know that's where I've been. So uh everybody out there, be good. And we will uh you will see a lot of us, all four of
1: us coming up soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling With Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone, and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling With Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that. and We can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at theBoon29. Dimitri Young at D-A-Meathook. da Meat Hook. Jason D. Kindle18 is for Jason Kindle. And myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us. And we keep doing it for you. So please. Please, please, tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well, Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So on behalf of the guys, thank you once again, Wrestling With Sports. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit AccessTV.com for more information. Don't forget, Slamiversary 2020 is on the horizon live on pay-per-view, July 18th. Go now. Make sure you get that pay-per-view because last year was phenomenal. I should know I was there. I enjoy it. I one of the best pay-per-views of 2019. Everybody from other promotions even said so. Don't forget, you can start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content.